the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. And what will Mother Nature and the weather forecasters have in store for us next? We've been, we've had wind, wind, and yet more wind than snow to top it off yesterday. And the forecast for next week is, is highs, I said highs, of 14 to 27 degrees. That is cold. But it's January in Northeast Ohio, after all. If the cold is keeping us indoors, it might be a great time to try to catch up on our to-do list. And there's always plenty to do. And if you're lucky enough, you might have uh, Martin Luther King's day off. <laughs> Excuse me. That's Monday. And, of course, the banks and the government offices and post offices and schools and the stock and the bond market will be closed. But if you're willing to brave the weather and with forecast highs of 18 degrees on Monday, then we have the, the list of uh, 
places that are open, like the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, that's uh, they'll be free on the mission will be free on January 15th. Uh, same thing for the Cleveland Orchestra, the Cleveland Museum of Art, and the Great Lakes Science Center. All have some sort of uh, free celebration from uh, approximately 10 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. on Martin Luther King Day. You'd have to, uh, I think you'd have to probably call those people, make sure what their hours are. But in between, during doing our odd jobs and projects, or even relaxing, we can still try to review what's happening in the economy and basically see how it might be affecting uh, our investments. This week, investors had expected inflation to continue to drift lower, continuing to follow the trajectory that it had been following in the past three months in uh, 2023. But then the latest consumer price index from the Department of Labor came out on Thursday, and that indicated that inflation had stopped falling. And the December uh, CPI Consumer Price Index report uh, showed that the headline inflation increased uh, plus three-tenths of one percent in the month of uh, December and increased uh, 3.4 percent over the past 12 months ending in December. So comparing these numbers to the previous month, uh, the previous month there was an increase uh, uh, where the headline inflation increased only one-tenth of a percent in the month of November and increased uh, uh, 3.1% over the 12 uh, 12 months ending in November. So November was down, December was up uh, in terms of inflation. Uh, Now, if uh, we eliminate uh, uh, food and energy and we get to the core inflation results for December and and November, they are more consistent. Uh, For example, the core inflation increased three-tenths of a percent in the month of December and increased 3.9% 3.9% uh, from December a year ago. And that was the December results. And in comparing those to the November results, inflation increased three tenths of a percent in November and increased 4.0% uh, from November a year earlier. So the core results indicated that uh, there was a a uh, downward, slight downward trajectory, but the uh, the uh, headline uh, consumer price index results showed that uh, inflation had peaked up a little bit. Nobody said it would be a a, uh, a straight line going down. If inflation has stopped falling, uh, that could be per- perhaps due to uh, stickiness in the uh, wages. Um, you know, we're getting into the point where uh, uh, the wage, the labor market is still tight. 
And uh, uh, particularly if you take a look at the small business uh, comments, uh, they're, complete, they're complaining about the, the cost of labor going up in restaurants and things of this nature. And also you have shelter costs uh, that are staying elevated even as the, uh, the rents decrease. And, uh, and there may be uh, all, there might be other problems too. And we'll find those problems out as we go through this uh, process where we're lowering the, uh, where inflation is going downward. Uh, uh, there, there might be a, a bigger difference between the uh, direction of the Federal Reserve and the expectations of the investors. So uh, the, the last week we talked about the hesitancy of the Federal Reserve to start cutting the federal funds rates. So that's because uh, uh, they want to be absolutely certain that inflation is, is going down. They will not reaccelerate as they make their cuts. And they, uh, if you want an example of that, in the last bout of inflation in the 1970s, the chairman of the Federal Reserve at that time was Arthur Burns, and, uh, and he may raise the rates to cure inflation in the mid-70s, and that basically triggered a recession. And then they... They lowered the interest rates to basically cure the recession and inflation that got a second wind and kept on increasing in the 70s until it finally got to 14 or 15 percent in uh, 1980. So uh, that mistake is called Burns's blunder. And I'm sure that's one of the things that the Federal Reserve has got on its mind is it says that. They don't want anything uh, named after them uh, in terms of uh, mistakes or blunders. So uh, they're going to keep this these interest rates uh, uh, up there until they are completely satisfied that the the uh, uh, inflation is not going to reaccelerate at the present time. The Federal Reserve hasn't committed to any interest rate cuts. You know, people have uh, deduced from their dot plots. You know, every four times a year, they the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting uh, members put together the uh, uh, their best guesses as to what the uh, interest rates are going to be in the future, what the inflation rates going to be in the future, uh, in uh, the end of this year, the end of the year following, and the end of the year following that, and then uh, long term. They just make guesses, and they put those up as uh, basically dot plots. There's no great analysis of it in terms of, of why do you think this or why do you think that. It's just a matter of uh, this is my best guess as to where we're going to be in the future at the end of this year and at the end of the year afterwards. So if you take a look at the dot plots, people have deduced that the Federal Reserve is considering 
uh, two rate cuts of one quarter percent this year. But if you take a look at investors' expectations regarding rate cuts, uh, the expectations are much higher. We're talking about uh, uh, maybe five or six uh, cuts of one quarter percent this year, maybe even starting as early as uh, as uh, uh, March. But uh, that difference in expectation is one of the many things that could cause a bumpy road uh, for the equities markets as inflation falls. Inflation will come down in a straight line. It'll be bumpy, and the uh, as it moves along, the investors' expectations will go up and down, and they'll differ from what the Federal Reserve is willing to do. So uh, there'll be a conflict, and uh, that'll, that'll cause some volatility. And later on in the show, we'll talk about the inflation numbers and possible complications, so, such as the long-term effect of uh, shelter, uh, which is important in the computation of the uh, CPI because it basically uh, constitutes 35% of the basket of uh, goods and services that the consumers utilize. There's also we'll talk about wages in terms of stickiness and and uh, uh, they go up, but they don't like to come down. And of course, uh, the this week was the start of the earnings season, where the earnings reports for the fourth quarter are starting to come out, and uh, that'll show a that'll have a, a stronger impact on equities than the. Uh, what we're talking about right now in terms of the interest rate uh, questions. And basically, later, we'll look at the uh, slowdown in the manufacturing sector as well as the service sector. The service sector, the uh, if you recall, the, the manufacturing sector during COVID was, was doing uh, great guns, uh, strictly because there was nothing else to do other than sit at home and uh, order things over Amazon and Walmart. But uh, as the COVID drifted away, then uh, people are out now in, in terms of restaurants and travel and vacations. And and uh, the service industry is the one who's uh, carrying the ball. And the uh, manufacturing sector has been the, in contraction for the, probably the last year and uh, uh, the sooner or later the uh, uh, the service sector will also peter out and there's indications from the uh, uh, the Institute of Supply Management that that's happening or starting to happen and we'll talk about that later in the show too uh, but uh, the uh, uh, people when the inflation starts to come down, people have talked about this uh, soft landing, which is basically inflation, the story that inflation will come down, the labor market will remain uh, solid, and uh, we'll have uh, the elimination of, uh, of uh, in inflation without causing a recession. That's the concept of a soft landing. And... Uh, Former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers 
said that he sees the potential for a soft landing in the U.S. economy as inflation glides down while the labor market remains elevated. Uh, Summer said a soft landing, quote, a soft landing probably looks more likely today than it has at any point since uh, 2021. He said that uh, 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 an economic club of New York event on Thursday and the, uh, a soft landing isn't assured, he added, but that's certainly a very real possibility. Uh, the Department of the Treasury, uh, Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury, Yellen, as she indicated that she thought we, we were also going to have a soft landing, too. Um, he cautioned, uh, Summers cautioned, that while a soft landing is in sight, risks do remain. And, uh, and the recent bout of, uh, quote, the recent bout of cooling inflation has more to do with prices that have shot up exponentially than an achievement of fundamentally low inflation. So he also added that wage growth and labor cost growth uh, look distinctly above what would go with a 2% inflation target. So, uh, meanwhile, investors and uh, economists, uh, according to the Bloomberg, investors and economists were expecting the economy to cool this year, promoting the Fed to support growth, and uh, markets are pricing in uh, 100, uh, approximately 140 basis points of interest rate cuts in 2024 and likely beginning in March. And Summers commented on that. He said that uh, these forecasts uh, may be too aggressive, adding that uh, two or three cuts are more likely than the current expectations. He said that the uh, markets are a bit ahead of themselves on how much cutting the Federal Reserve should do or likely will do over the next uh, few months. So, and again, there, there's a there's a bumpy ride uh, in terms of the equities as all the things come into play. Uh, this was a a, uh, a mixed week. In terms of global equities, investors uh, had expected inflation to continue to drift lower, continuing to follow the trajectory they've been following uh, in late uh, 2023. But the latest consumer price reports from the U.S. Department of Labor on Thursday indicated that inflation uh, has stopped uh, falling or stalled. The data is inconclusive because it's only for one month, uh, but investors may begin to question the direction of inflation. In any case, in the U.S., equities were up for the week, and uh, that follows the last week where it was down. So equities were up for this week with the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor 500 and the NASDAQ all up for the week, while in the UK, the FTSE 100 was down for the week and the opposite was true 
in the European Union with both Germany's uh, DAX and the stock uh, Europe 600 both up for the week. Asia was also mixed uh, with Japan's Nikkei 225, who was up for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed for the week at uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, closed at 37,592.98, and it was up uh, 0.34% for the week. The Standard & Poor 500 closed at 4,783.83, and it was up 1.84% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 14,972.76, and that was up 3.09% for the week. So. Uh, a good, another good week for the equities markets in the United States. Uh, and uh, uh, next week, we'll be hearing more from the uh, the uh, companies with regard to their fourth quarter earnings results. And uh, don't forget that uh, Monday is Martin Luther King Day and also that January 20th. Uh, I think that's next that's, uh, Friday. Um, uh, that's going to be a uh, uh, a day for uh, that's a scheduled partial shutdown date if Congress doesn't agree on more continuing resolutions, which uh, it looks as if that's a distinct possibility. So uh, something to be wary of there too. So you know when we talk uh, take a look at what's happening in the economy, what we're seeing is that uh, basically the Federal Reserve is continuing, uh, you know, to keep the interest rates high. Uh, the the uh, overnight rates or the federal funds rates are uh, right now they're in a channel between the five and a quarter and five and a half percent. That's for the overnight. And uh, Basically, what you're seeing is that the question is, are they going to lower it? When they're going to lower it, they haven't made any commitment, yet the expectations are they are going to lower it uh, as much as 1.4% in in this year. So uh, one of the things you're, you're seeing is that the plan is to was to uh, slow down the U.S. economy. And the, the plan has worked so far in the sense that the inflation has come down from 9.1% uh, over a 12-month period that uh, ended in June of the last year, uh, the June of 2022. Uh, and it's also, you're also seeing this, you're starting to see uh, a slowdown in the uh, service economy also. Uh, it's not into contraction yet, uh, but it's uh, the numbers are moving down. And that was only, you know, 
that that was bound to happen because of the uh, the the what we've been seeing so far is that most of the inflation is in the service. Uh, sector of the economy. Uh, that's where the real demand is. And uh, uh, as the as the, that comes down, and that, that was the service, part of the, the service sector uh, economy strength was the very fact that people had been cooped up during COVID and were now enjoying their vacations and their travel and their restaurants and and getting together and being normal again. Uh, but there's only so much money uh, in the budget for that type of activity. So um, and, and people are starting to rack up uh, more and more uh, charges on their accounts, their charge accounts, and uh, that's leading to more and more delinquencies too. So. What you're doing is seeing the the service sector is going to soon. Uh, I don't know when, but it's going to start to contract. Right now, it's barely uh, expanding just a little bit, but it'll start to contract sooner or later. So, and that'll be the that'll be the direction of that soft landing that I was talking about. The labor market right now has. Uh, uh, an unemployment rate of, I think, uh, 3.7%, which is unusually low. Uh, you know, all during 2022, we were concerned about a recession and how that would affect the uh, stock market. And by recession, I mean, hey, uh, those inflation numbers, those uh, recession unemployment numbers, can get up pretty high. In other words, when the last time they uh, they cured inflation, it was uh, Volcker uh, uh, raised the interest rates up to the federal funds rates up to 20%, and that basically brought uh, a hard recession. And uh, by a hard recession, I mean the unemployment rates got up to 12%. So, uh, there's nothing like that in the cards for us at this time because, uh, hey, we're, we're not talking 20%. We're only talking 5%. And uh, now we've got inflation rolling along at somewhere in the order of uh, uh, 3.9 3. or 3.4, things of this nature. So it's come down quite a bit already. So uh, one of the things that you have to be careful of is that uh, now's the time to basically uh, realize that uh, we're on the road, not on the road to recovery yet, but the inflation problem has basically gone away, uh, is going away. The uh, recession problem uh, is also going away. So I think the economy is recovering, and uh, basically that's a good opportunity. Uh, for investing, uh, you know, diversified, uh, you know, from what we've seen so far, the best thing to do is diversify a, in a, a, a good balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds and also save and uh, 
to be able to meet your future goals, identify those goals, identify the schedule where you're going to need the money for those goals, like retirement, the education of the kids, weddings, and things of this nature, home buying, and be able to save the money, uh, invest it, use compound interest to make it expand to the point where you can utilize that uh, uh, nest egg uh, to uh, meet those uh, goals. So uh, that's what the, the big picture. The big picture is the your own personal financial plan. The other part of it is the big picture is to say, hey, what's happening out there to my investment money? So this is Jim McAlee. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Low. That's in honor of the Browns being in the playoffs. That uh, I guess the game starts at four thirty today, so <laughs> we get that, we can get the dog pound going again. So hey, it's wonderful to see the Browns doing doing their thing again in in the big time. So all God's luck luck to them. So uh, getting back to the money issues. Let's talk about the, uh, one of the things we mentioned earlier when that was the uh, <clears throat> the uh, inflation and the consumer price index. And basically, I think uh, uh, one of the things they're looking at in the, you know, just, just to go over what we're talking about here again, <clears throat> what we're seeing in the uh, the headline consumer price index numbers is that in December uh, inflation went up three tenths of one percent uh, for the one month and then for a, the 12 month period it went up 3.4 percent and then if we take away uh, the food and fuel uh, fuel food and energy 
components uh, than the core uh, CPI uh, increased in uh, three tenths of one percent in December, and uh, for one month, and it it increased uh, three point nine percent over a twelve month period ending in December. And the the idea was that uh, hey, uh, why is it going up? Particularly the headline numbers. The headline numbers do contain food and. Uh, uh, fuel and, and energy, and those are volatile, and that's why that's why they uh, uh, they put those numbers up there because those are the numbers that we pay as consumers for products. Uh, but then they also put up the core uh, CPI, which eliminates food and fuel uh, because uh, the the there's nothing that the Federal Reserve is going to do one way. Or the other, no policy uh, decisions that they can make to change the price of food or fuel, because those basically are international uh, commodities. Uh, you know, we're a big exporter of grains, and we're also a big exporter for oil too. And uh, so, uh, there's nothing we're going to do. What the United States, the Federal Reserve is going to do one way or the other there. One of the things that uh, we noticed we were concerned about was that for the headline numbers uh, in November, the uh, uh, inflation only increased one-tenth of a percent, yet in December it increased three-tenths of a percent. And uh, over the 12-month period in November, it went up... uh, uh, increased 3.1%, and then in December, increased 3.4%. So basically, those numbers should have been uh, exactly the opposite. We should have been going down to zero inflation for the one month, and we should have been going down to maybe something less than 3% for the uh, 12-month period. And if we take a look at the the other measure of inflation, uh, which is the one that the Federal Reserve uh, favors, uh, it's the personal consumption expenditure price index, and that's put out by the Department of Commerce. And those numbers, I don't, we don't have the December numbers. We won't have those for another week or two. Uh, but for the November numbers, comparing. Uh, uh, the increase in the uh, uh, the headline personal consumption expenditure for November showed that uh, a negative or a, a decrease in the prices of one tenth of one percent uh, for no, for the one month and two point six percent increase for the twelve months. So uh, there's there's the, almost the percent difference in the 12-month numbers. In the case of the CPI, it's 3.4% increase. In the case of the uh, personal consumption expenditure, it's a 2.6% uh, increase. But as I said before, we're comparing, slightly comparing apples and oranges because uh, the, the CPI numbers are for December and the 
uh, personal consumption numbers are for uh, November. So the key takeaway from the CPI report uh, is that the overall CPI rose slightly more than expected in December. And uh, while the core index, which excludes food and fuel, uh, was up uh, three-tenths of a percent. So both the the headline and the core were up three-tenths of a percent for the month. And uh, uh, that was basically in line with the forecast. And the shelter costs continued to uh, contribute. Uh, and they're over half of the overall increase in the cost of uh, living. So that uh, uh, shelter cost is the, the, the developed from the rents and also from the uh, the home ownership costs that are developed from the those rent numbers. You also see annual inflation rates continue to show. Uh, gains that are well above the Federal uh, Reserve's target. Federal Reserve's target is two tenths is two uh, percent over a twelve month period. Uh, the headline uh, CPI was up three point four percent over the twelve months in ending in December, and that accelerated from the previous month. And while the core climbed three point nine percent. And one of the big things there was the motor vehicle insurance cost surged over 20%. And uh, in in the uh, 12-month period, and that was the most since uh, 1976. So to examine the data without the shelter cost, the Federal Reserve does look at what they call the, the super core uh, gauge. and. Uh, that's that's where we take a look at the core uh, service prices, excluding housing. And housing is a big element in that. It's 35% of the total CPI number is driven by housing. And uh, that rose at the same pace in December as it did the previous month at uh, 0.4 uh, or 0.4%. Zero point four percent, or four tenths of one percent, for the month, and three point nine percent for the year. We're also seeing that uh, the weekly initial jobless claims that came out on Thursday were lower than forecast at two hundred and two thousand uh, in in the, that particular week, uh, and there's something like one point eight million. Uh, people that are on continuing uh, unemployment. Uh, these people have been on there for uh, more than a couple weeks. Uh, and uh, so basically the, the the data that came out on uh, Thursday, the CPI numbers uh, weren't of any help in terms of saying, okay, uh, the the uh, Federal Reserve should start lowering the numbers. If anything, you're going to hear, you did hear more stuff come out about, well, maybe we better hold off a little longer and uh, make sure that inflation is is well controlled before we start uh, cutting rates. So 
the, the next federal open market committee meeting is at the end of the month. I think it's uh, January uh, 38, 30th and 31st. So uh, we'll find out. We, I think we'll get the uh, personal consumption expenditure number by then. So uh, we'll have uh, enough, they'll have enough information to make a decision. Uh, they might start talking about rate increases, but I don't think you're going to see any any uh, commitments of any kind. If you take a look at what was in the report, the food index rose uh, two-tenths of one percent in December, just as it did in November, and the index for food at home increased uh, one-tenth of a percent uh, in December, just like it did in November. and uh, uh, for the six major grocery store food groups in- increased over the month. The index for meats, poultry, fish, and eggs rose five-tenths of a percent in December, and that was led by an 8.9% increase in the index for eggs. Uh, the eggs seem to be uh, the wild card here in terms of who can, what, what, Food category could move the most, and also food at home uh, increased 1.3 percent over the last 12 months, whereas food away from home increased 5.2 percent over the last 12 months. So uh, the rest, the fast foods and the restaurants are getting more and more expensive. And digging in deeper, uh, the gasoline index increased. Uh, two-tenths of a percent in December, following a 6% decrease in November. And the index for electricity uh, increased 1.3% over the month of December. Uh, in the uh, uh, Looking at the core inflation, uh, which neglects food and energy uh, price variations, the index for all items was food and fuel rose three-tenths of one percent in December, as it did in November. The shelter uh, index increased five-tenths of a percent in December after rising four-tenths of a percent in November and was the largest factor in the monthly increase in the index for all items less uh, food and fuel. I think I mentioned previously that it was fifty uh, percent of the increase. So. Basically, uh, what we're doing is watching, uh, you know, the numbers come down. Uh, for instance, if we take a look and we say, okay, uh, what's the uh, core uh, consumer price index over the last 12 months? In July, it was 4.7%. Uh, in June, in August, it was 4.3, September 4.1, October 4.0, uh, November 4.0, and December was 3.9%. So it's moving in the right direction, but the concern, one of the concerns is that uh, uh, now that we're down into the 3% range, things are going to get sticky in terms of uh, uh, being able to make progress. And another thing, uh, uh, 
in terms of inflation, we take a look at the producer price index. That's the factory gate uh, increase. And what we're seeing there is that we've got good news there in terms of the producer price index for the final uh, demand. Uh, it decreased in December, decreased one-tenth of a percent, and it increased one uh, percent. Uh, over a 12-month period, and if you take out uh, food and the effect of food and fuel, uh, basically there was no change in the uh, prices uh, going from in the no price, no change in the prices in December, and the uh, price increase over a 12-month period was 1.8 percent. So. What you're seeing is that the uh, producer price index is going down faster uh, than the CPI. And uh, that's good news in the sense that uh, because over uh, the uh, looking at uh, the headline for December is a welcome sign because the 12-month PPI had been up as high as 12% in June of 2022, and uh, that exceeded the uh, consumer price index in June of 2022. Uh, So the highest was 9.1% for the consumer price index, and the highest for the PPI was 12%. So now what we got is the uh, CPI, the consumer price index, is coming down. It's now 3.9%. And uh, for a 12-month period, and now we've got the uh, uh, the factory gate or the uh, uh, producer price index at 1.8% over a 12-month period. Uh, the One of the things we're seeing in terms of... Uh, uh, Manufacturing, uh, the S&T Global uh, puts out a purchasing managers index that looks at uh, U.S. manufacturing, and it's an alternate to the Institute of Supply Management uh, survey. It uses a totally different uh, uh, methodology. Uh, these adjusted. S&P Global U.S. Manufacturing uh, posted 47.9 in December, and it was down from 49.4 in November. And contributing, this is from the S&P Global, contributing to the overall decline in operating conditions. There's a sharper fall in new orders during December. The decrease in sales uh, quickened. And was the fastest since August. Many companies stated that weak client demand stemmed from lower purchasing power at customers and global economic uncertainty. So, uh, subsequently, firms lowered their productivity levels for the first time in four months at the end of 2023. Output dropped at a modest pace. It was the fastest in six months. Some companies also suggested that higher input prices weighed on purchasing decisions, which in turn slowed the 
production processes. So, and if you take a look, that's for the manufacturing uh, sector. And if you take a look at the service industries, what we see there is that the uh, the Institute of Supply Management uh, uh, has an index, and the index is generated by Institute of Supply Management from surveying the manufacturing, uh, the service industry executives who are asked to rate this month versus last month for parameters like new orders, production, shipments, employment, uh, backlog of orders, and what the Institute of Supply Management at the ISM does is grind all these numbers down into an index number, one number. And if that number is 50, it indicates that the conditions are neutral, where if it's greater than 50, it indicates expansion, and less than 50 indicates contraction. So in uh, in uh, December, what we saw that the service uh, uh, number came down to 50.6, which is just on the borderline. And it came down from uh, 52.7% in November to 50.6 in December. So it's on the hair, it's on the, it's right on the boundary in terms of uh, uh, going into contraction. And some of the things that they talk about accommodations and food services, uh, comments from the executives. Uh, pricing has become more favorable in increments. However, beef prices are still high. Petroleum continues to fluctuate. Services come down slightly, but hourly wages are still higher than the pre-pandemic levels. That's according to the accommodation and food service people. According to the construction people, congestion at the Panama Canal is expected to continue for the next several months, the effect of this is uh, re, uh, rerouting uh, marine cargoes at the expense of cost and schedule. Uh, the uh, uh, this uh, revenues remain strong, but labor is still constrained. Suppliers are loading uh, price increases beginning January first which will likely further reduce already low operating margins. Supply chains appear to be operating close to pre-pandemic norms and remain mostly stable. Our primary goal for calendar year 2024 is expense reduction across the board, including for supplies and services through eliminating non-value-added pursuits. That's according to the healthcare people. Uh, According to the information technology people, if interest rates go down, investment borrowing will increase, as will orders for services, mining, uh, comment, production, and sales are up, and prices are down. And... uh, uh, basically, what you're what you're seeing is that uh, uh, new orders are are slowing down in the service industry. Employment is uh, 
contracting. Uh, it used to be growing, but now it's contracting. Uh, prices are still increasing, but at a slower rate than before. Uh, backlog of orders is uh, contracting uh, slower than it uh, did before. New export orders are basically growing, but slower than before. And if you take a look at that uh, index number, over the last three months, it's gone from uh, 51.8 in uh, uh, October to 52.7 in November to 50.6 in December. So it's basically on its way down. The the uh, uh, S&P Global, which again is an alternate uh, uh, provider of this particular data, uh, it indicates that the U.S. service sector signaled a quicker expansion in activity at the end of 2023, but only a marginal, marginally overall, according to the latest uh, Purchasing Managers Index data from S&P Global. Uh, the faster upturn in output stems from the stronger demand conditions as new orders rose at the sharpest rate since June. And the final S&P U.S. services uh, posted 51.4 in December, up from 50.8 in November. So uh, what you're looking at there is is that they're closing in on on the, the... bumped up just at the end of the year. Uh, according to their chief business economist, some new year cheer is provided by the PMI signaling acceleration and growth of the vast service economy, uh, which reported its largest rise in output for five months in December. So, and, and uh, so basically they're all service industry is also right at the uh, boundary in terms of uh, expansion or contraction. And uh, that's basically where the increase in the interest rates have put all the industry in the United States at. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Over the Thanksgiving holidays, we decided to go see a movie. And uh, Paul uh, Gramati was in it. And last Sunday, we were delighted to learn that Mr. Gramati had won the best actor in a musical and comedy at the Golden Globes for his role in the movie. Uh, that made me think about the movie again. The movie was called The Holdover. And in that movie, Gavadi is a solitary and cantankerous New England boarding school teacher. And he's basically saddled with babysitting duty over the Christmas break. He is an antiquities teacher of all things and a campus uh, ogre 
with an impaired eye and a skin condition that makes him smell like fish. His character gradually forms, after a great deal of conflict, a bond with a bright but troubled high school student who, as the story progresses, ends up being the only kid left at the boarding boarding school at Christmas time. The other main character is the head of the school's cafeteria, a woman who only only child just died in the Vietnam War. We watched this movie in a movie theater. It was surprising that this very simple story about being human and humanity was showing in a theater in this day and age. No high-tech magic tricks or optical illusions. Just a, a movie telling a story about three people alone and hurting, but together at Christmas time and trying to make the best of it together. On Tuesday, I read an interview with Mr. Garbani uh, speaking about his role in the movie. He said that the person he most found himself channeling, the man he sees when he watches the film today, is a biology teacher from his own prep school, a, a sarcastic, pasty, comb-over man who seemed lonely and dumb like an ashtray in a martini. As a student, Giamatti didn't think about the man. The two almost never exchanged words, but in one day, late in the school year, after a test in which he had performed uncharacteristically poorly, the teacher stopped by Giamatti's desk. He handed me back the test and said, you usually do good on me. What happened? Then Giamatti recalled I was just 15 and drugged. I don't know. The man stands there and looked at me and said, is everything okay? Gramati said that they, he had never discussed it before, but the fact that the teacher, someone he considered a stranger, thought enough of him to think about it. He, so he gave a damn about us. So until we meet again, for more Get Rich Slow next week, may God protect you and keep you safe. ...are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.